Hello and welcome to the Seattle Footy Podcast. I am Nelson Lau, along with my co-host, Monica Beach, a.k.a. Modi B. Seattle. Monica, how are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How about you, Nelson? I'm doing pretty well tonight. Before we get into our show, you and I went to the Shake Shack soft opening, and we have to let all of our listeners know that we are sorry, but they did have some mishaps, which caused them to not open on Saturday as planned for their grand opening. So they're going to delay it just a little bit, but you will get Shake Shack pretty soon. Yeah, totally, for sure. I, I think we were lucky to get in for the for the soft opening, and we got some great food. And as soon as we hear something, we'll be sure to let the listeners know. Yes, yes. How was the soft opening? I thought it was pretty good on my end. The best part was there was no line versus the canless pop-up, which I had to wait in line for about two and a half to three hours for. But we literally just walked into the door and ordered through the kiosk. I have to tell you, Monica, the service there was really good. I mean, it was very exceptional. I agree. From the greeters standing at the front door, who, by the way, like some people have asked me some questions about um, getting a special invite to the soft opening. What I loved about being there that day is you could have just been wandering around off the street and poked your head in. And those greeters were like, hey, come in, try our food, like welcome. I, I think they're super friendly and they walked everyone through the process. And to me, service on top of good food just is just 100% better. I totally agree with you. They were like that at the canless pop-up. I kind of chalked it up as like they knew people were waiting in line for three hours for burgers and fries, and they were just trying to make it as exciting as possible to keep the spirits up. But then when I went to the Sofo, they were exactly the same way. And I was like, okay, whatever Shake Shack's doing for their franchise and training their employees, it's really working. So let's go ahead and start with the show. I thought one restaurant or place that you and I, Monica, want to let listeners know about. So you want to go ahead and get that started? Yeah, I'll get that started. Um, it's so hard to actually narrow it down to one place that I want to talk about uh, each week. And I had a hard time between two places this week. Uh, but I am actually going to choose a place in Bremerton. And I know that's not in Seattle, but Bremerton with that fast ferry, it's just 30 minutes away. And with a longer one, it's an hour away. But I was out there this weekend and I'd heard about a restaurant called Hit the Spot Cafe. And I'd heard that they serve Hawaiian food. So I thought that I would drop by just to check it out since I was there anyway. And I have to tell you, as someone from Hawaii, um, I'm always looking for places with Hawaiian food. And in Seattle, that's a pretty limited amount of places. And so going out to this place, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, they had a pretty good sized menu with a variety of different things, ranging from poke to grilled food to some desserts. And I have to say, I got a plate lunch and so did my family and their garlic chicken was excellent. You could smell the garlic coming out of it. And it was really clear that it had been marinated. The pieces of chicken were really juicy and grilled well and served with rice and mac salad. And for me, mac salad is one of those things that, that really can make or break a Hawaiian mixed plate. And I thought that they did a really great job of it. The, the macaroni, uh, the texture and firmness was on point. The amount and type of mayonnaise was good. And the seasoning with just a little bit of tang and sweetness just really added to the overall feel. Sounds good. I'm always up for a good mac salad. <laughs> right? And most of the price points on these plates were between, I'd say, 8 and $12. And I have to tell you, it is absolutely than one, more than one person should be eating. Huh. I mean, 
I, I had leftovers. I got another combo plate that had a kalbi, which is, you know, sort of a soy sauce based short ribs and it had barbecue chicken on it too. And, you know, I ate that for dinner too. Oh, that sounds delicious. I think I might have to make a field trip out to Bremerton. Yeah, they're getting so many places out there that it's worth it to get a whole bunch together. Because uh, remember last week, we talked about Chantilly Puffs. I got some of those too. So now we have almost enough places to kind of make a food crawl out there. Yeah, I, I was thinking food crawl. And if nobody wants to join me, I'm going solo. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> so, well, I will place it a little bit closer that doesn't have to take a ferry ride. And it's actually in Renton. When people think Vietnamese food in the greater Seattle area, people have the image of pho or bun bo is, is that Does that sound about right, Monica? I think that's about right. And it's valid because those are Vietnamese staples. But I want to talk about other Vietnamese dishes. And Monica, Renton Bistro on South 3rd Street. This place is an absolute hidden gem. Really? Yeah. I mean, Tell me more. Okay. <laughs> I will. I'm going to name drop here because I went with my friend Emerald City Eater. And so if you guys don't know by now, if you don't watch my stories or if, if I, if you don't see my tags on my post, literally probably now like 75% of the places I eat and post is probably with Emerald City Eater because we have so much in common. We love the same type of food. So he and I, we did happy hour and the happy hour is from three to 6 PM and at th- from 3 to 6 p.m., all their spring rolls and pork sautés are $5. Do the happy hour, but the real star is the dinner dishes. So what you really want to order are the two house specials. The first is the Vietnamese crepe, or bon xiao. And mm-hmm. the other one is the susu chicken rice pot, or kam ga soy soy. First off, the Vietnamese crepe is bigger than the size of your head. I am not joking here. <laughs> <laughs> The Vietnamese crepe is a pan-fried batter mixed with coconut milk, and inside the crepe are pork, shrimp, and bean sprouts. Mm. And the way they cook it, it's it's crispy on the outside and soft on the inside. And then what you do is you mix it with the fish sauce and herbs, and you get this combination of sweet and savory that is, like, so delicious. And the susu chicken rice pot, oh, so good. The broken rice inside the rice pot is cooked in chicken broth and fresh coconut juice which is mm-hmm. like outstanding and the crispy fried chicken is a five spice chicken they use and it's moist on the inside the thing is you really have to dip it in the ginger fish sauce that comes with that dish because mm-hmm. the ginger fish sauce is like amazing i'm going to name drop again feed her posted on instagram and she mentioned the same thing that ginger fish sauce it is just like epic so oh that's gosh, what that's really cool. makes the dish stand out and it sounds it's so good so if you're ever downtown renton Go there and order those two things. And for folks who are listening who aren't familiar with broken rice, it's one of my favorite, favorite things about Vietnamese street food. So basically what it is, is exactly what it sounds like. These are like broken grains of rice. So, you know, like when you're cooking rice or sea rice, it's a full grain. Broken rice is literally broken grains. And it's really common to be served on the street in Vietnam. And it has like a really savory flavor. I think that they cook it in uh, chicken broth. have to double check that one. But there are a couple places in Seattle that really does broken rice well and so anytime I hear broken rice my ears perk up because I want some of that so thanks so much for the tip Nelson (laughs) thank you yes broken rice is good there's a lot of other different Asian cuisines that do that too Mm -hmm. they'll 
they'll cook it there. I've seen Malaysian food where they'll cook it in chicken fat and duck fat and Chinese, of course, they the fried rice. And I mean, there's multiple ways of cooking it that, that that's really enjoyable. So mm-hmm. let's move on to our next segment. Monica, we have a lot of things that are going on this coming week. There's several pop-ups and there's some events and there's some, there's a thing in Georgetown. Why don't you kick it off for us? Absolutely. There is tons going on. Even though summer's over and we're headed into fall, there are still so many events to go to. Uh, So the first one I want to talk about is called Depressed Cake Shop. And that's going to be on Saturday, October 13th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Optimism Brewing Company. This is an event that I missed last year and I was really sad about it. It's a community event that's hosted every year by NAMI, and that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And attendees can purchase treats made by local bakers, and most of them look gray and dull on the outside and are brightly colored on the inside. And what that signifies is depression, the gray, and on the inside, brightly colored, which represents hope. And all of the proceeds from this event benefit NAMI and keep programs free for everyone who needs them. As we head into more of a gray season, I think some of us, uh, either ourselves or people we know suffer from depression and other forms of mental illness. So it's a really great cause. And they're going to have limited quantities of vegan and gluten-free treats too. Uh, Nelson, have you heard of this event before? I have. I missed it last year too. And I saw it after people started posting. And SAD or seasonal affective disorder is really big in Seattle because of our weather in the fall and winter. So it's for a really, really good cause. And the the desserts and this stuff are amazing. Like you said, on the outside, I saw a rainbow cake that was inside was like rainbow layers. And then the outside was a gray frosting uh, border. And I was like, wow, that looks so good. And I haven't had anything like that since I went to Chicago. And there was a bakery in Chicago where I had that rainbow cake. But there's a lot of really good looking desserts. And I think you and I are going to this event. Uh, yes, we are. Right okay. early. So if you all are thinking about going, line starts behind Monica and Nelson. Yes. Yes. We will be there. I'm putting up my tent and my lawn chair. We're sitting there. So we're, we're camping right. out. Yeah. We're camping out. <laughs> Let me talk to you about a pop-up dinner. And you and I went to this last month. It's in auto. ADDO in Ballard, which is a place for incubators. They rent out their kitchen for independent chefs to showcase their skills. And one of these pop-ups is called Dis Restaurant. And you and I love this dinner. I believe we did a six-course taco tasting menu, and it was phenomenal. It was so many tacos. So many tacos. So Dis Restaurant is the mastermind behind husband and wife David and Bree Valencia and chef Kieran McMeekin. This is Latin for push, and they are literally pushing boundaries in cooking. On Monday, October 15th, they are doing a seven-course dinner for $75. If you go to their bio on Instagram, or you can also go to explorestock.com slash autoballard, you can find tickets there. I love how they use the locally sourced ingredients like Present Tense Farms, and they create a menu that's just based on what is available, and the what they do is just so innovative. Their tacos and dishes are something I've never had before. And if you guys want to have a really great dining experience, I highly suggest buying tickets for theirs. So tickets are on sale currently. You can get them on October 5th for the October 15th dinner. 
Totally. And if people are interested, really, there are only eight tickets left. And we can't really say what's on the menu because we haven't seen the menu. All we can say is that what we ate was fantastic. My favorite dish that night was a crab and chorizo taco. And that taco wakes me up in the middle of the night. And I'm wondering (laughs) where I'm ever going to have it again. (laughs) Mine was the open-faced pineapple epinata. With, oh my gosh! With the orange yes. whip, with the orange whipped cream and the edible flowers. I mean, mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. I mean, when I when I looked at the photos, I was like, man, that is so pretty and it's so delicious. And the glaze on the pineapples, and I was just like, I was in love with that. After that, I was just like, <laughs> okay, we're good, we're good. So, yeah. all I right, have to how say, about, it was pretty great. Yes, it, I I had a great time, and we had really good company there. It was just a fun time. What else you got, Monica? I've got an event that I've never heard of before. So it might be the first time they've ever had it here in Seattle. It's called the Deal Moon Asian Street Food Night Market. And that's on Saturday, October 13th from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Northgate Mall's upper parking lot. So it's going to be outside. So if you're thinking about going to this event, don't forget about the weather. The event description talks about 20 plus local vendors serving 100 different types of Asian food like Chinese crepes, dumplings, boba, skewers, fruit teas, and desserts. Uh, They specifically mention vendors like Vong's Kitchen, Happy Lemon, which I haven't tried yet. Oh, Happy Lemon in Bellevue. Yes, you have to do that. Next time you're on the east side, we're going there. Next time on the east side, for sure, we're going there. Yeah, or you just buy buy another house and move to Bellevue because you're always most... I know. I need to get a summer house, right? I'm most likely on the east side always. (laughs) (laughs) So tickets for this event are on Eventbrite, and they're $7 for entry, and then you have to still buy food. Um, But they are selling some discounted family bundles uh, if you're bringing more than one person. Um, It's important that you bring cash to buy food on site. They're really specific on this, so I'd hate to have people show up and not have any cash to pay to pay for the vendors. So again, never been to this event before, but they have a couple of great vendors. Totally interested in trying Happy Lemon because I'm such a big time East Sider. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it looks to be a fun time if it's if the weather holds out. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like one of those night markets in either just kind of like either in Richmond or also in the International District. It looks sounds like something a play on that type of event. So that sounds yeah. exciting. Okay, so also on Saturday. If you can't make it to the Depressed Cake Shop, there's also another event out in Kent. And this one is the Arcigo's Autumn Pop-Up and Large Launch Party. And it is at Arcigo's event space on 43rd Street, which is near Ikea in Kent. So mm-hmm. they'll be celebrating the launch of a couple of things. And one of the things is they're launching their new event space, which is the Arcigo's event space, to host private parties. And also they're launching the Crave Food Truck's new menu as mm-hmm. well. So in addition to the Crave food truck, you're also going to get Mike Shave Ice, who's made some appearances on our show before. Mm-hmm. Macadons will be there as well. And in addition to that, they'll also have Mexican street corn and kettle corn. Uh, one last thing, our Seagulls Eats, which is their catering company, will also be serving chicken and soft tacos. And the event is from 12 to 4 on Saturday, and it is in Kent. If you follow one of the Arcigo's Instagram pages, they have multiples. There's an Arcigo's Beauty, there's Arcigo's Pop-Up, and just Arcigo's Eats. You can find all the information from the posts, and they've they posted on multiple multiple sites. Yeah, and have you been to any of their pop-ups before, Nelson? Because it seems like they have a lot going on. It sounds really exciting. I actually went to the first pop-up that they did, and they had Mike Shaved Ice and also 
Donut Labs in Seattle. I think the best thing about this is the concept is they're it's a beauty location. So they're doing eye, eyebrows, lashes, and other beauty procedures. But they also like to promote food vendors. And so they always try to have new food vendors for their pop-ups. So the last time, I believe they had Mickey T, which we mentioned in their last episode. Mm-hmm. And they also do other food vendors to help promote help promote them so i think it's it's a really really good concept and that combination really melds really well together yeah and i've been hearing um i've heard of a couple other businesses are starting to do that and and i'm not going to name drop because i'm not prepared to do that today but i have Uh heard about this concept a couple new places opening up there's one in uh, u district i think they do like mostly hair services and there's yep. like a little cafe in there. And so I think it's something that's kind of catching on in the region, something we'll definitely have to pay attention to. Yeah, there's just something about a symbiotic relationship there. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's a good use is if you have some dead time, you can substitute that with another type of business and they can work well together and cut the cost on that. So I think that's yeah. a good concept. Me too. I'd much rather be eating while I'm waiting for my services than sitting there reading a magazine. Yes, yes. Especially if I'm like getting my oil and filter changed. Like I don't really want day old or two day old donuts and Keurig knockoffs. There's just, that's just not the thing for me. So give me something good. Give me something good. Absolutely. (laughs) That's right. All right. What else you got? What else you got for me? What else I got? What else I got? So Saturday, October 13th, so many things going on Saturday. This is the last day the Sweet Treat window at Sweet Bumpus in Georgetown is going to be open for the season. So Sweet Bumpus is is a business that both you and I have supported over the years. And typically they're scooping ice cream at markets all around the area, uh, Seattle and beyond. Uh, They opened their seasonal treat window in Georgetown located at 6564 Fifth Avenue South every year for the season and Saturday is their last day of the year. So if you love sweet Bumpus, which we do, uh, yes. be sure to try to catch them before Saturday. Oh, I love sweet Bumpus. You don't know how much I love this place. <laughs> I, there, when I first started out as a foodie Instagrammer, which was like a year and a half ago, I used to stalk them. I mean, I literally like Sundays, I knew they were at the Mercer Island Farmer's Market. Then on Thursdays was the Columbia City Farmer's Market. And then they're also on Car- Incarnation, which is near Issaquah. So I would like <laughs> try to make my way on the Tuesday. I sometimes would go and visit them like two to three times a week. And I'm just like, oh man. I mean, it's it's just, their ice cream is just so good. And yeah. And I'm, I'm sad that to, this weekend is going to be like the last day before for, for a little bit, but they'll be back. And, they'll and be back. That. Yeah, I think one of the things I love about Matt Bumpus and his concept is that he makes his own ice cream. And when I say that, lots of people say they make their own ice cream, but they buy their base from somewhere else. Matt makes his own ice cream, all of it. Yes, and I love the flavors. Um, Monkey butt is my favorite. Uh, I also like hokey pokey. Hokey pokey Uh, is my favorite. (laughs) Because you bite into it and it's like real honeycomb. They put he makes that honeycomb. honeycomb. In there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who does that? Nobody does that. Nobody does like, that. I was like, come on. I was like, if you don't like this ice cream, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, really? I, I seriously don't. <laughs> Me too. I'm just like, I can't even talk to you right now if you don't like this ice cream. Yeah, I'm like, I'm unfriending you on Facebook. I'm <laughs> muting you on Instagram. I'm like deleting you off Snapchat. I mean, it's just, I mean, this is, if you don't like Sweet Bumpus ice cream, I, I just, we are not friends. We are not real friends. 
<laughs> okay, people, remember that. <laughs> If you want to be Nelson's friend, you must, must, must like sweet yes. bonus ice cream. Yes. And I'm not talking about like I'm hyping it up, keep hyping it up. And then all of a sudden when we eat it, it was just like, eh, it's just meh. No, this is like really good ice cream. So, okay, enough, enough, enough love, enough love for that, for them. You, I've already professed it so many times. So. <laughs> so what else is happening? You got anything more? Okay, one last event. So this is the end to end the week for this coming week on Sunday, October 14th. Monica, have you been to the new Favok Soup Shop? I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't. I, I, okay. I see it on Instagram and I know about it and haven't made it there yet. Okay, so if you guys don't know, The old Fubok is this old red boat in the same mm -hmm. lot. And it's owned by the, I believe it's owned by the, the mother, the mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And the sons and daughters opened up the soup shop, which is in the same parking lot. And it's like, it's all modernized. It's, it's new and, and there's a lot of business. And so on October 14th, Fubok is doing a pop-up at their original red boat location in the same lot. So it's currently under construction. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, think they're just renovating it but i'm not sure the whole details but for one night only on sunday they're opening it back up and they're serving dinner and drinks now monica i do have to warn you because you might just get a random shot of alcohol poured down to your mouth that's what it said <laughs> that's what they said in the post that's what they said in the instagram post it was like they'll be slinging alcohol down your mouth so i'm just like that sounds really scary but <laughs> It is what it is. So the event is from Sunday from 4 to, 4 to 8 p.m. And you just show up. So there's no tickets needed. You just go out and celebrate. And if you've eaten at the Red Boat before and you miss it, Sunday is the day to go do that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Random shots, which means I'm going to keep my mouth closed. I can keep my mouth closed for a really long time. <laughs> so I'm going to practice before okay. I go. <laughs> just zipping okay. it. I just want to let you know, this is a family show. So the, the no innuendo is just to let you know that. Of course not. This is absolutely a family show. Okay, good. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So that's what's going on for this upcoming week. Let's move on to the next segment. We have done the last couple episodes. We've been interviewing food businesses. But today we are going to go ahead and do an influencer. We are going to interview Jesslyn Chang. And she is AKA Life of Jess, L-Y-F-E of j-e-s-s -S. and you and i met her at a breakfast club in seattle yep. and i believe it was the one on peroshki on third mm -hmm. i loved talking with jess jesslyn and she's just a lot of fun she has as much passion for food as we do this is our episode and i'm with jesslyn chen aka life of jess <laughs> thanks Hi, for jesslyn. having me <laughs> how are you i'm great it's sunny outside yeah. and I'm ready to get breakfast with you later. <laughs> We're going to eat after this. So just to start, we met at a Seattle breakfast club. Yes, that is right. But I think I followed you or something like that on Yelp or something. Yeah, I think it was either Yelp or when I, when, when we, I first started Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was following Instagram, I was like searching for all Seattle foodies. And yeah. One of your account, I think your account was one of the top ones that came up. Oh. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I like her stuff. And I was like looking at her posts. And so I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click on that. So I'm going to follow her. And then when I met you, I think it was Proshki on third. Yes. And it was like Seattle's Breakfast Club's second event. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, it's so weird meeting Instagrammers it in real life. It really is. Because um, usually before Instagram, 
uh, it would be like this, the Yelpers, the mm-hmm. Yelp Elite stuff, and then you would meet people there. Yeah. But you don't have that much of a connection because you don't know what exactly they do on a daily basis in a weird way. Right. Or what their interests are. Um, but then with like Instagram, you feel like you already know the person because you can message the person. Yes. Or at least it's easier to message the person. It is. And, you know, kind of create that relationship and be like, oh, so when you first see the person, you're like, oh, hey, it's been a while. Yeah, she's like, hey, I know you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, but it's fun, though, when you meet them. So mm-hmm. how did you start your Instagram account? Like yeah. with Jess. Um, so let's see. In college, I initially focused more on, like, the Yelp elite stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I think as the business model changed over the years and, like, all of the PR for Yelp wasn't was like okay-ish, but not the best on Reddit and all that stuff. Right. Um, I kind of just slowly, I slowly started to check out, okay, what are some other platforms that I can utilize to put on my, my photos on? Because mm-hmm. um, Yelp is more focused on reviews, and then I want to have more photos than reviews. Um, and then I decided, well, Instagram would be interesting. So I thought it would be a good research project. Okay. Um, so this Life of Jess is actually still my personal account. I just modified it to see what exactly do other people do with yeah. Instagram and how do they, um, you know, how do they utilize it to, quotation mark, become big and all that stuff. Right. And that's kind of how it started. But then I realized, you know, I think as I continue meeting new and new people, it kind of formed into that instead. Okay. Um, because I think it's pretty awesome. Like, there's actual food communities here in Seattle, mm-hmm. and people are very, they're very nice and they're very cool, and I would <laughs> hang out with them. Um, and they, the same interests of food and being able to try different themes, um, I think people have really good recommendations, and mm-hmm. I usually trust what the Seattle Instagrammers have on specific areas. So make sure that I don't waste my time (laughs) going somewhere. See, I try, that's for me, for my account, I try to always post food that I would always want to eat and I would Mm -hmm. never steer people away from other things. So I would never want to post like a McDonald's pic or something like that. (laughs) And just like, this is really good. It's so delicious. Like one of my favorite burgers. Like, no, it's like, if it's, if I really like it and I, I thought it was good, I would post it because I don't want to steer um, people who see my post to like go to a restaurant that's just yeah. one star or two stars. And yeah. like it made the food, but I made the food look good. Yeah, so I agree. Yeah, because I mean, throughout the year and a half ish, I think with mm-hmm. Instagram, I realized that um, Instagram pictures are all about marketing. Yeah. Uh, People can put down pictures and it'll look beautiful. But mm-hmm. then you would go to the restaurant and it's like, man, this is super mediocre. Not yes. worth it. Okay. And I think that's one of the things that I struggled with too because I've, I've seen a lot of like good pictures and like the reviews look like, well, the review on the post looks like it's amazing. But mm-hmm. then you go and you're like, why did I come here? Right. And that's, that's why I kind of stopped going to like restaurants sometimes okay. um, in Seattle because it's hard for me to gauge which one's worth it and which one's not worth going. Um, so that's why I end up doing like a, uh, I'll reach out to people that actually have gone out and be like, hey, what do you actually think about it? Because yeah. people are more likely to say their true thoughts behind the scenes mm-hmm. than actually on their post kind yeah. of thing. So it's it's like a, there's like an interesting balance between it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. You're from the east side, and mm-hmm. I'm from the east side as well. So let's, we can start with that. Uh, food scene 
in Seattle <laughs> and Bellevue. So what do you, how would you describe it now these days? I want to say that Seattle is more upcoming and trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, Bellevue, Redmond, all those, it's just more just there. There. Um, there's not too many people that open up new restaurants that like people are hyped up about. It's just more like you go there just so you can eat. Mm -hmm. kind of feel um there's only a couple that i can name off that i would be willing to just go straight to because it's like oh man these are delicious yes um as everyone should know five (laughs) stones is like my favorite coffee place to go Uh to in redmond um but i wonder if it's because they're super hipster too (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but like the baristas are really nice there their drinks are super like trendy sounding Mm -hmm. i guess but their cold brew called the missile with like maple syrup is like the best. Really? Yeah. So they make cold brew with maple syrup. Okay. Yeah, and then you put in like I usually put soy milk because it's lighter than milk. Uh-huh. So you should go there too. Okay. Or I'll bring you. I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Five Stones, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's they're actually gonna expand to Bellevue one day. Okay. Um, working on it, but Tress Sandwiches is another that I would probably go to. Yeah. Because they're unique. Yeah. It's like. How many places have Japanese sandwiches? No. Not very many. (laughs) It's so funny because every time I go there, it's just like... They're closed. (laughs) No, they're not closed. (laughs) But they have... Off to the side, they're like... The the free crust. Yeah. They always have them just like... Free crust is like... This is... Because they cut off the crust off the sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And it's just like... So there's these like brown strips of like bread. Like off the... Like... And you... I don't know. What would people use it for? You, you can no make idea. meatballs. I guess you can make or meatballs. Or like meatloaf. Or, okay. or you bake them until it's like hard to make like the crust that you put on the salads. Okay. Croutons. Croutons. Right. Yeah. So we can do that. Yeah. No, it's, just all, but it's just always, I find it just so interesting that you're just <laughs> like, here, take take whatever you want. It's free bread. I, um, are you part of that Facebook group called Seattle Foodies? Yes. You know yes. how someone keeps like posting articles and stuff? Mm-hmm. Someone did post something interesting where uh, I think it was Kam- Kamonegi. Uh-huh, Kamonegi. They apparently give out free duck fat. Oh, they do. I didn't know that. <laughs> now that I'm just like, what do you do with duck fat? <laughs> you can do duck confit with that. So, yeah. But, I mean, so... That being said, you're also a cook too. Yeah, right? I try to be. <laughs> you try to be. So I've seen your in your stories. Uh, you've you've experimented with mostly Taiwanese, a lot of Taiwanese cooking yeah. type things. Yeah. So what have you made recently, and what are you what are you experimenting in the future? Yeah. Um, so I what I've been focusing on is trying to, I guess not mimic, but mimic in a way of my what my mom made when I was growing up. Uh-huh. Um, so basically what she would make is Taiwanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. So what I've been trying to do is kind of do, create something that's similar to that based off of like taste memory. Okay. <laughs> that's the right term. Um, and I think I've been getting it. It's probably not as like, like, oh my God, I got it. I have to take a few minutes trying to figure out, okay, so I need this and take out all of the, um, the measuring cups and all that shit. Just so I can pour it and be like, okay. But my mom would just throw it in and be like, okay, it's good. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm working towards. Um, I think the one thing that um, I do like to make that's more on my dad's side because he also cooks. Apparently taught my mom how to cook, okay. which is funny, is the pork belly sauce. Yeah. So I've been working on doing that. And then I think I've gotten the recipe done. Uh, but now it's just more about like trying to make it what... I would make like kind of make it my own kind of pork Mm -hmm. belly sauce um but another one is my 
ever so loved beef noodle soup. Yeah. <laughs> the traditional Taiwanese yes, beef noodle soup. Yes. I just love beef noodle soup. So <laughs> I'm just going to make it and then Jason would have to eat it every week or something. <laughs> but it's, I think, where I'm trying and to And Jason pivot. is your significant other. Yes, yes. Okay. Just, to, just let everybody know. Okay. <laughs> just a random person I feed. Um, but what I've been working towards is actually a lot of like noodle soup because uh-huh. I really like noodle soup. Okay. Um, so I've been working on, other than beef noodle soup, you got the regular pork and pickled vegetable soup. Right. Um, and then my mom calls it squid soup, but Jason calls it hot and sour soup with squid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's somewhere around there. So it's like kind of tampering in that. Um, but I've also wanted to work a lot on um, just other Asian cuisines so I can kind of um, spread out my portfolio a little bit. Okay. Like I've been doing a good amount with gochujang, the uh-huh. Korean red pa- uh, right. red space, uh, spicy paste. Yes. Um, and then I've been watching this anime that's been like doing Japanese cooking. Okay. And now I'm inspired <laughs> to make a lot of Japanese food. Okay. So there's like a lot of daikon, um, and then the chicken karaage. Uh huh. Um, so maybe next step might be learn how to fry stuff. Like nice. Fry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So going back to like the Seattle food scene, mm-hmm. do you tend do you feel like you gravitate towards Asian foods when you go eat out, or what what type of foods do you normally like to go eat when, hmm. when you're That's eating out really in Seattle and Bellevue in the East Side area? I gravitate towards more non Asian, I think, okay. because. I think it's one of those situations where it's like, if I can make it myself, probably, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't want to pay for it. Yes. Yeah. That's so, like, for me, that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So desserts. Yeah. I, I, I'm I not a good baker. <laughs> I can't master, and I don't master desserts. So things like bread pudding or tray leche cakes yes. and things like that, that I, I can, I don't make a mess in the kitchen or it takes <laughs> it's so complicated to make uh-huh. that I just like I have an affection for and an affinity for because it's just like I can't I can't do this on my own yeah. I can't make this so I would order this mm-hmm. so yeah apparently it's kind of cheaper to be honest if you were to compare and contrast making it at her house because like if you don't make it well enough you're gonna keep using ingredients yeah when you could just go drive over there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's that's for that's what it is for me. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, continue on with the yeah. Seattle food scene. Um, so I usually tend to go towards like hot sandwiches for some reason because I I usually don't eat bread. Um, maybe because I just don't know how to make good sandwiches. Okay. So I'll go to places like one of my favorite is Valhalla sandwiches. Yes. I think it's Greenwood. I'm not really it is, sure. It yeah. is in Greenwood. Yeah. yeah. Or like, they used to have a food truck. They still have a food truck. I oh, think. really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think they started out as a food truck and then they came became a brick and mortar in, in Greenwood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, or just like Paseos because I can't make Caribbean food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Unbien or Paseos? Which one would you, would you think? Hmm. I guess... It's sometimes true. a hot topic in Seattle about that. I wonder why, though. Well... Other than the fact that there's, like, the drama between the, the two. Right. Uh, I think whatever satisfies the person's taste. Because they both are kind of slightly different. Like, mm-hmm. I think Umbian, last time I had it, was had a little bit slightly tangier okay. um, taste to it. Um, and then Paseo's was not as tangy, if I recall. Okay. I think if I were to choose, it would be Umbian only because it's a little bit smaller. Yeah. I think, and it's not as oily. 
Yeah. And then Paseos, it does have like the like the oily mayonnaise yeah, and yeah, the sauce like is just like wet. it's messy. That's yeah. what it was when whenever when I first read Yelp when it was the original Paseo. They called it one of the messiest sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't bring a date the there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no dates. No dates. No. Yeah. No. But it's still, I think overall, it's still pretty good. Okay. Um, I'm an unbn guy myself because I just, I like the original recipe. Yeah. And um, Paseo's like slow, the, their pork, the Caribbean pork roast tends to be, it's just, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. It's. Good and bad. It's like so, not as homey as the yeah. And every but when I go to Umbien, I'm just like, okay, this is what I remembered it when I first went to Paseo the first time. So, yeah. So yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm team Umbien. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get one of those point charts. <laughs> right. So any hidden gems you found in Seattle? Yes. In uh, well, not Bellevue okay. actually, um, but one of my favorite hidden gems is Windy City Pie. Windy City Pie, But that's yes. in Seattle. No. And surprisingly, I thought that it was actually more well-known, but it's not. In 206 <laughs> Distillery, down in, uh, yeah. yeah, I know where that is. Like, that's like one of those places that I'll try to bring people who are out of state and be like, you need to try this. Okay. Unless it came from Chicago, because I'm like, not sure if it's <laughs> legit or not. I think it's, I think it's a great spin on Seattle's deep dish. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember going there the first time and ordering we ordered a pizza and like they had this like caramelized crust around it from the cheese and I was just like yeah and we ate it and it was like probably like a centimeter or a centimeter and a half thick of yeah like just pizza and I was just like this is so delicious so yeah I was like I know. and there's I think they have another they have one out in uh, Beacon Hill it's a spin-off called Breezy Town. I think they might be the same owner. Yeah, yeah, so I confirmed it cuz I was looking at their stuff and I'm like, "Wait a minute, it says right here like affiliated with Windy City Pirates right. or something." So that's that's somewhere I want to go check out. Yeah. So if you're not close to Inner Bay, you can go to the Beacon Hill mm-hmm. try the Beacon Hill one and it's called Breezy Town yeah. and pretty similar derivative to it too. So yeah. uh but, I mean, yeah. other than that, like, on the east side, hmm, my only recommendations hidden gem-wise would really be Five Sons and Trust sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, because other than that, I haven't, I haven't really gotten to somewhere. Well, there's this one new place called Blackbird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that bakery. But it tends to be on the higher side. Like, the higher way end. High, yeah, it's way higher It's interesting because it's, like, right next to the Cher Tea in Bellevue. Yes. <laughs> I'm just oh like, my gosh. how are you? I'm I'm friends with the owner of Sherty. Of Sherty. Because my brother's friend opened it up. Mm-hmm. And then I asked him about it because I'm like, you know, there's a bubble tea shop that's opening up here, right? Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's kind of weird because we've, we've, like, we've had our plans for Sherty here for a while, uh-huh. so it's interesting. But the interesting stuff is that Blackbird is more known for their fruit teas. Right. So you, I would hope that you don't go to go there for milk tea. Right. Um, but their fruit teas are actually pretty good. Yeah. Just expensive. Um, but yeah, so it is one of those higher end places. Um, they have the milk crepe cake too, um, mm-hmm. which was not too bad. Not too bad. It was not too okay. bad. Okay. I've been people have been telling me to try go try that one, the milk crepe cakes, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's still on my list. Yeah. Doing that. Just be prepared for $8 milk crap cake that's like this big. <laughs> but yeah. So going back, anything else that you would recommend? Any mm-hmm. other places? So where where else are we going to go eat, Jessalyn? Well, um, 
I mean, some other places I would recommend that's more in the Seattle area would be, um, I really liked the Buddha Brada Buddha Brada place. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's only Hawaiian. Okay. I don't think it's a fusion, yeah. but it's Hawaiian and they give a good amount of food and the price is like, like it's pretty affordable. Okay. And I think the owner is really cool too. Cause it's, he's very Hawaiian. Yeah. It's offering near Avenue, right? Yes. I believe. Yes. Okay. To my surprise, there's like actually good amount of good food around that, that area? area. Yeah. And I would have never thought because I would, I'm, I'm from the East, like the East, <laughs> the east side. side. <laughs> it's a little hard for me, but like another place that I really like is Billiard Juan's. Yes. Yes. I was just there. <laughs> Oh my God, their banh mi's are amazing. Yes, they have that really good. Um, what is not the the, the little, spread? The spread, or, yeah. yeah. Um, but like their pho, it's like the soup is just delicious. Okay. I just don't know what they put in there. Yeah, I had their pho recently. It was like really good, but their banh mi. And then if you add, like, pro tip, add the egg with your banh mi because oh. they don't. There's not a lot of places that add the mm -hmm. egg. Like, but if you add the egg, it's like whole new level with that banh mi in like seattle i think so, the like, only other place that does an egg is bontown bontown i know like tonsan tofu tofu does um a banh mi but mm. just egg itself yeah so nothing else like no other like grilled pork or anything like that but, yeah but this one it's like a like a type of scrambled egg inside oh. the banh mi it's like amazing that's interesting yeah. i'm gonna have to go back and try, yeah, have to go back and try it um but, and then let's see, I mean, other than like the usual, like young tea would be my go-to bubble mm -hmm. tea place if it wasn't so far from me. Yeah. Like, far. Um, and then if you want to be healthy, Jars Juice has really good smoothies. Oh, okay. But that's more like Amazon slew-ish okay. area. Yeah. So those are like my recommendations where they're on. Um, and then where we're going to go is, I don't know, it depends. Do you want to go bougie cafe bakery or do you want to go to I don't acai care. vault? I don't care. We'll, we'll talk about that later because <laughs> any food, it doesn't matter. It could be like dollar tacos to like high end stuff. As long as it's, as long as it's prepared well, I don't care where we go. Yeah. As long as it's good yeah. to eat. So there's, there's a new cafe that opened up on Mercer Island called the... I can't even pronounce it properly. It's like the convivial bakery. Okay, or convivial like bakery or yeah. something like that. Okay. Um, and then there's another place uh, which is focused on acais and smoothies, which is called Sano Cafe. Okay. Yeah. So cool. there, Mercer Island doesn't have really a really good food scene. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's more about what I've learned is that Mercer Island is very focused on community. So mm -hmm. they'll they'll try to help out their okay. fellow community well, people. Yeah, I like that. Which sounds about right because yeah. I mean that's what we do in Seattle. Yeah. Like we try to um, we try to support the small businesses okay. and all that. But yeah. So what would you recommend, actually? Because I've been trying to figure out where's my next place to go to. <laughs> what would I recommend? In Mercer Island or no, just, just in Seattle, general? anywhere. I gravitate, just like you, I gravitate towards sandwiches. Mm -hmm. So anytime I'm in the Pioneer Square area, I always love to go to Salumi's. So ah. you'll probably hear that in like most of my other podcasts. Because that's where I always recommend like if friends out of town want to go eat. Yeah. Or if that's too busy or if it's closed, Tat's Deli is also good yes. too as well. So yeah. those are like my two favorite sandwich shops. Mm -hmm. And then I like going into the International District Chinatown area. Mm -hmm. Shinbo for their like daily lunches because they have daily lunch specials. Is that the Soba place? That, no, that is not the Soba place. Kemenegi, I think, is the Soba place you're talking about, right? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so Shinbo does these like, on Friday they do this 
shoyu ramen that's like oh. people call it like the best ramen in Seattle and they only do it from 11 to 3 that th- where they're open oh, or is it 11 okay. to 2 I can't remember during lunch during the lunch period yeah. so on Fridays and they have the but they have other daily specials like their sushi combo A yeah which is really good okay. um and I and of course Mike's Noodle House is always like my <laughs> go-to place like yeah. I always have like the brisket one ton mean there and one ton noodles and yeah I always have to grab like a small bowl before they've, I leave. they've been there for a very long time yeah too. it's like traditional Seattle mm-hmm. it really fare, is so yeah. closing up let's uh where can we find you on social media yeah mm-hmm. you can find me on life of Jess it's gonna be l-y-f-e instead of l-i-f-e okay um on Instagram um I don't do Facebook and other stuff <laughs> okay no problem I just just I always ask people like where can we find you so Follow Life of Jess and her food shots and also some other life shots too as well. So <laughs> I like your po- I like your account. It's just it's just fun to look at every time. And just like especially your stories. Your stories are funny. <laughs> especially poor Jason, your boyfriend. They're just like let's see, is he in a bad mood or not in a bad mood? Or does he is she just done finishing taking pictures? I can't tell what that is. So He has like the the resting but like sometimes <laughs> so like when he eats you can never tell if he actually likes the food oh, or not i love it because it's I, just like serious especially when you like when he catches you making a video it's like are you videoing me and yeah. just like oh my god it's, it's hilarious like it's so entertaining it's what happens i know all right i'm hungry i'm gonna we're gonna go eat breakfast now so we're gonna go ahead and end this podcast but thank you so much jesseline yeah, for, for having me taking time to interview with us and we'll see you soon and that was our interview with Life of Jess. You can find her on Instagram. And if you haven't done so yet, go follow her. She has amazing photos. Monica, I think that's the end of our show. Where can we find us on social media? Everyone can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. I also want to let you guys all know that we are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and other platforms where podcasts are available. If you like our episodes, Please give us a five-star review and please subscribe for future episodes. In the meantime, that's pretty much it. I'm going to go and eat. What about you, Monica? Oh, I'm going to eat too. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) Seattle, happy eating and take care.